Royal Standley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planner Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC shares his planning approach to help people toward a place where they may be at peace regarding their financial goals. In this dynamic podcast, Royal will share his insights on how to design a retirement plan to help you plan for your future. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. I'm really excited about today's podcast because of the fact that Royal is going to be teaching us lessons from previous bear markets and other economy issues. Royal, thank you so much for meeting today. I'm excited because I know you've been doing this for a very long time and I am not a financial advisor or a financial planner of any kind. And so I need to learn from you because you've been through this. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, I got my start in uh, financial services back in 2001, just just at the very beginning of what we saw as the uh, the tech collapse. Uh, you know, as we we were seeing a lot of different businesses go out, uh, really because they had they had no business. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, they were just raising a lot of money on uh, kind of a, a, a hope and a prayer. Mm-hmm. So I've lived through that and that panic is, and then uh, followed that up very quickly with uh, 9/11 happening. And, you know, that transformation that kind of took, took place in our economy, been through, you know, 2008, uh, the, the current uh, downturn we're, we're seeing. And really, you know, over my career, I've studied, you know, looking at the Great Depression, uh, the stagnation uh, and stagflation that we had in the 1970s. And, um, you know, looking at, for instance, the 1987 uh, Black Monday collapse, you know, all of these are, I think, excellent uh, examples and lessons that we can take from as we look at building our investment philosophy, as individuals look at, you know, their investing experience, you know, how how do we react when, uh, you know, as, as uh, Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do we plan for that time when, you know, the markets are going to punch us in the face? Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, first of all, I love that quote. I I love that quote. Anytime I can use it, anytime I can throw that in there, I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, you know. So here's something interesting. You and I have talked about this a little bit before. In '08 and '09, my wife and I worked for a charity called Boys Town here in in Nebraska, and so we were very very sheltered from what was going on in what we would call the outside world because we lived and breathed the mission. We lived on a campus with eight to 10 at-risk teenage boys that we were helping to raise. And so we were really, really shielded and sheltered from what was going on in the economy, and it really didn't affect us too much. Now, as far as Boys Town is concerned, they have a, a large endowment uh, that helps to keep them running. And obviously, financial advisors and planners and, and people much smarter than I helped to take care of that so that they would have the funds to continue to take care of the youth that they they have been taking care of since 1917 from their inception. And so that's that's something where I know that they got hit financially because everybody did in, in that time, but they were set up to weather the storm. And I know a lot of families and a lot of businesses weren't uh, in, in that situation. What did you really learn, especially the timing of you coming into your job position right in 2001, that must have been a tough time to get started, first of all. What did you learn from those two specifically as you as you lived through those and, and worked through those with clients? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the number one thing I, I, I think I, I learned going through all of this is, you know, you have to be planning for 
the worst of times, mm -hmm. really from day one. You can't just plan for, hey, things are going to gr go great, uh, and we're not going to have a downturn in the economy. We're not going to have the shocks to the system that wipe out value, that scare investors, you know, that, that cause losses in your portfolio. You have to have a plan of how you're going to react from day one. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really what we try to instill with every client that we sit down with is, what, what's our plan for when this happens? And we try to kind of walk through, you know, what what we're doing, uh, how much risk people can take, and what the reaction should be. Um, there, there's an entire kind of area of uh, study called behavioral finance. Oh, yes. You know, how do we react to potential uh, gains and how do we react to potential losses? Mm -hmm. How do we hedge? How do we look at risk? Uh, we, we try to really kind of touch on uh, that with all of our clients and kind of teach them the basics of, hey, when this happens, this is how you're going to react. And I'm going to tell you over and over again why you should look at that a little bit differently than your initial emotional reaction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and Royal, I know that you've actually covered behavioral finance in a previous podcast. You and I spoke about that. I don't know how in depth we went, but it was very, very interesting. So anybody listening, please go back and find that uh, where Royal and I discussed what that looks like and kind of some of those indicators of letting emotions rule over what you're doing because it's especially prudent right now. Let me ask you this. When, when it comes to behavioral finance, emotions, and, and things like that, does it really matter what causes a, a drop in the market or loss when it comes to how people react to it? Yeah, before I answer that, I just wanted to uh, circle back and let people know you can go to our website at opfa.com. Mm -hmm. And that podcast you were referring to was actually episode four, Perfect. Uh, which yeah. was titled, Are You Aware of These Nine Risks to Your Portfolio? And we talk about those risks and talk about behavioral finance in there. Perfect. Thank um, you. So to kind of go back to your question there of, uh, does it matter what caused the, uh, the decline? I, I think it really does. Uh, I think it really depends on what created that shock. Now, there's going to be short-term shocks where, you know, the markets fall very qu quickly, very uh, violently because something, you know, just happens out of the blue. I, I mm -hmm. think we're going through a situation right now where the markets dropped very, very quickly um, in reaction to something. I think we're, sh we're still in kind of the wait-and-see phase of what's going to be the long-term outcomes of this. But... Some of those short-term things that, that have happened, you know, think about the tsunamis that happened in uh, Japan and mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was Thailand. Uh, those, those were very big kind of uh, one-time effects that caused a dramatic drop in the, uh, in the markets. We also had uh, something like uh, the Great Recession. That's much more concerning than kind of those kind of one-time uh, drops in the market. Because that is something where we begin to doubt whether or not our financial system works. And that's much scarier. You know, looking at the Great Depression and the Great Recession in 2008, those two periods of time were really uh, somewhat unique. Uh, and we see these happen kind of over and over again uh, after about uh, 80 to 100 years in the, in the markets where what will happen is, is – uh, we'll see a deregulation that occurs through the banking system. Uh, this happened in you know the 1920s. It also happened in the early 2000s and uh, late 90s, where we deregulated banks. We said banks can can kind of do what they want. 
banks began taking on a lot of risk, making these unique investment products that they didn't even understand the interconnectedness with. Mm -hmm. And when the music stopped, it created such shocks to our uh, financial system that uh, really caused us, I think, to, st to step back and, and create a lot of bailouts for uh, banks and these companies to really just try to save the economy. Uh, luckily, those don't happen very often. What we see most often, though, are you know bear markets caused by just a slowdown in the economy, uh, by a recession, something like that. Those are more run-of-the-mill. But whenever we have that kind of Great Depression, Great Recession uh, type factors, those are much scarier. And I, I think uh, you need to be uh, kind of ready for something like that mm -hmm. to a certain point. But um, in reality, you'll probably only see those hopefully once or twice in your lifetime. Gotcha. Well, let's, let's hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep, keep positive there for sure. All right. So where do we go from here as far as what we're covering uh, on these lessons? Well, I think, I think the first thing we need to, need to jump into is just that behavioral finance uh, piece. So they've done study after study talking about what does it feel like to win? What does it feel like to lose? Mm -hmm. And you know, this, this applies to gambling. I think it applies to investments as well. And what they have found over and over again is it, it feels twice as bad to lose money versus to gain money. So, you know, in other words, a 10% return in your portfolio versus a 10% loss in your portfolio, that 10% loss feels two times as worse mm -hmm. uh, as that 10% uh, gain would feel good. Yeah. So we just see that over and over again. Our, the losses affect us much more than the gains do. Gains are nice. We, we process those very easily. Oh, of course. Uh, of course I've made money. I have a great financial advisor. Of course I've made money. I'm, I'm a very smart in investor. Mm -hmm. um, when a loss happens, uh, you know, I think that, that just affects us much deeper. That brings up those feelings of scarcity, um, of short-term kind of fight or flight reaction. So we, we kind of just want to be aware of that. Uh, we want to be aware of how our reactions uh, and our emotions affect our investing. And what we try to do is, uh, as advisors, is try to take that out as much as we can. We want to acknowledge it, but we want to also say, okay, you, you can feel that, but let's take a step back and then, then look at it again. So I would say, you know, the, mis the biggest mistake I see over and over again, especially when we have a, a big fall or a, an extremely violent fall like we've had here in the markets, is somebody saying, well, I'm just going to sell everything and put it under a mattress. Hmm. Yeah. You know, once, once my account's down, you know, whether it be five, 10, 20, 25%, I'm going to sell everything because I can't lose any more money. Yeah. Uh, number one, I mean, if you're, you're in a, a well-diversified portfolio, you've diversified the, the risk away of, of losing everything. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our entire, you know, financial system would have to completely collapse for you to lose everything in a, you know, 60, 40 blend of stocks and bonds. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that, that could happen, but, uh, you know, your portfolio would be the least of your worries at that time. True. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 if you have any belief that, you know, we're, we're going to keep going as a, as a society and as an economy, you know, I think you have to think a little, little bit more long-term than just, you know, these, these drops in the economy that we've seen. 
the other big thing there is once you sell out of the market, once you have hit this point, which if you, you talk to market analysts, it's called capitulation. And it's something that we look for in a bear market where the market falls so much that really the majority of people just say, this is a loser's game. There's no reason to be in the market. I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to get out. I just, I, I can't do this anymore. That capitulation is really one of the signs that uh, the bear market is probably close to being over mm. because it's forced out everybody who just didn't have the stomach uh, to stay invested through that. Yeah. So interesting. Once some once somebody sells and hits that point, it's just so hard for them to to uh, kind of trust themselves again to move that money back in. Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about here is investors. We're not talking about you know traders or day traders who are in and out of the market. That's a whole different uh, I think type of mentality. We're talking about long term investors here. Yeah. Mis- mistake number two here, kind of also differentiating between traders and investors are trying to time the market. Mm-hmm. I remember working for a, uh, a commodity broker uh, when I started my career. And uh, we had a, a client who was just learning how to do this. And he said, hey, I want to I buy in at the low of the day and then get out at the high of the day. Can you make that happen? And we were like, no, that's, <laughs> that's not a real thing. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we, yeah, if I could. Um, yeah, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we, we, we can't just buy it at the lowest price and then sell it at the highest price every day. Yeah. It, it would be nice, but it, that, that's not how the markets work. I'm having a lot of conversations with clients after we, we've had this most recent drop uh, in the markets of, well, are we at the bottom? You know, when are we going to be at the bottom? And my answer is, is I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know the markets are, you know, a third, third lower than where they were a month ago. I don't know if it will continue on lower. It, it certainly could. It could rally from this point. What we're trying to do is not necessarily time the market, uh, but just say, you know, th- this is a better time than it was a month ago to start moving uh, money into the market. Mm-hmm. You know, people who say, well, let, let's just sell out when it gets to a high and then stay in cash. That doesn't really work either because, you know, over the past, you know, 11 years of this expansion from 2009 to 2020, if you would have kind of followed that, there were so many exit points where the market looked like, okay, well, this is the time it's going to fall apart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it continued rallying for another eight years, five years, you know, three years. So, so that's not a good strategy. So we really truly believe in, you know, being invested for the long run and then building portfolios around that. Mm Yep. I agree hundred percent. That's great. Perfect. Perfect. I'm, 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 I'm glad we're not uh, disagreeing on that point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that all this time you were just a day trader in disguise. Th- that's right. That's, that's all I do is I see, I like to sell when it's really high and only buy when it's low. That's what I do with my crystal ball there you go. and my magic eight ball. You know, I just shake it and say, okay, here's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, well to get back to business here, mistake number three, not planning ahead for income needs. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that we do as, as financial planners all the time. We're, we're talking to people about, hey, what's what's a year out? What's two years out? What what are the things that that are, you know, kind of on the horizon? There is it, you know, uh, needing to pay for a child's school. Is it a, a new roof? Is it a new car? We want to start planning those things out because if there is something that's, you know, let's say a year to eighteen months out, we want to start 
changing the portfolio a little bit, kind of carving out uh, the money for that and shifting that around to basically uh, pay for those one-time big expenses. Mm -hmm. So not having a good uh, handle on, on your income needs uh, of, the, of those kind of one-time one expenses, we, we've seen over and over again really hurt people. So we want to make sure that we're planning for those, those upcoming income needs and taking risk out of the, that portion of the portfolio so that money, that money is there for people when they need it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that you, uh, you know, talking about planning, planning ahead, you planned uh, for something like this, not necessarily COVID-19. Nobody really saw this coming, but you had already started your office in a uh, direction to be able to work remotely in case something happened. And which you are, you're working remotely. And I love the sound of the kids in the background. Uh, for those <laughs> that are listening to the podcast, this is probably the first time you've heard Royals kids uh, in the background, which... They're fantastic. So, yeah, my 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 daughter is is up uh, eating breakfast and uh, I, I think regaling my wife with uh, with stories or plans for her day. Oh, absolutely, those are the important planning <laughs> things that we need to take care of. All right, what, what's the next mistake here, Royal? So, I think that the next one is whenever we have a drop like this, we we saw it in you know the early two thousands, two thousand eights, and now we'll look back and we'll start second guessing our portfolio. We'll start mm -hmm. saying, well, what portfolio weathered that storm very well? Which one, you know, didn't have a big loss in the 2008 or, you know, the, the 2020s. The issue with that is those portfolios in most cases uh, are often designed to be very conservative mm -hmm. um, or ha are specifically designed to ride through a, uh, market shock, like we'll see in a 2008 or a 2020, those portfolios oftentimes are not great to be in when the market starts to recover. Mm -hmm. So we'll see a lot of people say, oh, I'll jump into this portfolio over here that didn't lose as much money. The issue is, is kind of, kind of similar, fairly similar to mistake number one, which is selling everything mm -hmm. and moving it into a conservative portfolio. Because what ends up happening is, is you're missing out on that ability to recover. Yeah. You basically de-risk your portfolio. Maybe you've stayed invested, but now you're just in, invested in, in a, a very conservative portfolio. You've once again lost that ability to recover. I, I think leads us to mis mistake number six uh, that I see over and over again, which is not taking into account uh, how interest rates affect conservative investments. Hmm. So... We've all kind of thought about, or I've thought about, the, that inverse relation to uh, on bonds between yield and price. That as the price of bonds goes up, the yield comes down. That's why we're seeing record uh, lows on U.S. Treasuries right now, is because people have been buying up Treasuries, buying up those safe assets to protect their value. Mm -hmm. That means the price of bonds are very expensive, means the yields are very low. For someone who wants to get more conservative at this point, they're taking on a fair amount of interest rate risk as well, simply because that as the markets start to recover and people sell those treasuries, we'll start to see those the prices for those bonds begin to drop and those yields to come up some. So at best, you'll probably have flat returns. Mm -hmm. uh, at worst, especially if you're out uh, longer on the curve, you could see some pretty uh, devastating losses in, in your safe bond portfolio if interest rates spike up, you know, one to two percent. You know, the big thing to think about right now is uh, 
you know, we've created all of these programs, all these legislations, which we've needed to, uh, to kind of weather the storm, but those are going to be expensive. They're probably going to facilitate an increase in the money supply, which could possibly lead to inflation down the road. So mm-hmm. we just want to kind of be aware of that and not think that uh, just by chasing those, uh, those bo- that bond safety that we're really, truly safe. You know, go back to episode four and listen to that as we kind of dig into interest rate risk. Um, it, it's something that not a lot of people think about. And if we do have that inflation and need to start raising rates, um, you know, those bond portfolios could really struggle and lag, uh, unlike something we've seen in, you know, probably since the early 80s. Got it. Yeah. No, it's, it, again, it kind of harkens back to something I heard many years ago. Um, it's like trying to drive while looking in the rearview mirror, right? Second yep. guessing any of those things, like mistake number five, like you said, looking at, you know, what weathered the storm the best. Oh, well, that's what I should have done or that's what I'm going to do right now. It's just not a wise idea. And mistake number six, same, same thing. You, you're, you're basing it off of what's happened in the past where COVID-19 has never happened. We've had market drops, but not this type and not this thing. And, and so industries are affected differently because of healthcare, you know, because of technology developing because of this you never know what's going to be affected. That's why, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't use a magic eight ball to, to, to make our guesses. And you stick with your, um, you stick with your philosophy, your investment philosophy, Royal, which I, I think is beautiful. And it's planning for all those possibilities and, and to make sure that somebody's just on track for their goal. So I, I, mm-hmm. I love that. And I know that we've talked about that a lot. Um, anything else we need to cover in today's podcast? So just to kind of reiterate and and kind of go over some of these before we wrap up is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, looking at mistake number one, somebody who had sold out of everything, who got spooked of the market in 2008, you know, we were still coming across people in 2012 and 2013 that had still been sitting in cash. They had sold out in, you know, maybe October or November of 2008. The markets had already recovered. Uh, most, or if not all, of what they had lost, but they were still sitting in cash, spooked because of what had happened. Mm. Or mistake number two, they were trying to time the market. They said, "Well, we know the market's going to fall again, so we'll just get back in when it goes back down to mm. you know sixty six hundred points. Probably not a level we're going to return to anytime soon on the Dow." That's what we're trying to do. I mean, th- this this is people's retirement. This is when people can retire. This is people's lifestyle in retirement. So it's just extremely important for us to take our investment philosophy, which is all about diversification mm-hmm. and being in a portfolio that you can ride through no matter what. Whether we're using a, a tactical strategy, which will make adjustments uh, as the markets drop, or if we're using more of a strategic strategy that's just designed to be diversified and not make any tweaks or changes to the portfolio, uh, or if we're using an insurance product to even remove uh, more of the risk, um, we wanna make sure that we are meeting individuals where they're at to build them investment portfolios that they can be in no matter what happens to the markets. Mm -hmm. Because the worst thing we can see happen is Somebody jumps out of the market, moves everything into cash, and then waits out the recovery in the market uh, because they're just too gun shy to get back in. Yeah, that's really the 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 biggest risk I see for most investors here is uh, losing faith in really what has been over the last hundred plus years 
the best way of uh, building wealth, which has been through, you know, owning shares in publicly traded companies. Yep, absolutely. Did you have any other questions, Eric? No, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. The, the, the biggest thing is, unless you got out of the market when it was at its very top, and uh, then you're watching this entire thing happen, you're good. Stay right there. But for 99% of the population, I would say that we we all took the ride down together. And I think it's important to understand that, um, know your individual situation, but again, stay on, stay on course. It's, you know, the roller coaster does come back up at some point. That's kind of how it works. So it's, yeah, it's and, hard and, to do that though. And, and even with a situation like that, cause I'm working with a couple of clients who, uh, were right at retirement in, in February. Mm-hmm. And so they had put their, their portfolio in, into cash to roll out of a 401k. Even right now, we're still trying to deal with, you know, that fear of, you know, the markets ha- have reset at a much lower price, but it's still that fear of like, okay, well, when do we buy in? Mm-hmm. And it's this counterintuitive piece here of you want to, you want to buy in, uh, on the day where you feel that you're never going to invest in the stock market again. Hmm. Okay. You know, you want to, you want to feel that, oh, this, this whole thing is, is on fire. It's all yes. going down that's the day you want to be, be a buyer. Yeah. And it, emotionally, that's one of the hardest things to overcome. It truly is. Yep. Absolutely. That's, that's the hardest part, but I know that you've had lots of conversations with, with clients through that and you've, you've helped them kind of see that. Um, I'm excited to see the results in a year or two and, and, and have more stories from, you know, how people rode this out and, and found more success in it. So I, I know that we'll, we'll have a lot of those stories to share as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, it, it'll be sooner rather than later. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> All right, Royal, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. My pleasure. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planner Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planner Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planner's Financial Services are independent companies.